I'm just a go-getter. I like to, like I like to say on my in my bio, I'm a go-getter. I uh, go get groceries. <laughs> I go get things for my kids. Um, but I also like, you know, I'm a creative at heart. So I'm always like trying to channel that into something. That's Chanel Rojas, the guest of this episode. Chanel brings an intimate, raw, real, unapologetic, tender, and powerful way of revealing stories and experiences of births, and very specifically images of women and families of color in their goddess and between worlds with their babies. In this episode, she talks about how she's able to create a ripple effect of change for Black women and women of color through her photography. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. I want to make a quick announcement that also is in support of the podcast that I've recently been supporting people by holding one-on-one immersions with them. This is completely collaborative and designed specifically by you, or you can hand over the details to me to handle, but it is a wonderful opportunity to get one-on-one time with me in an immersive setting where we can work exactly with what you are wanting, desiring, challenged within your life from all these different ways of embodied healing, family constellations, somatic experiencing, spiritual practices, voice dialogue, as well as be in a space that you and I select together that can hold your experience. This can be with or without a horse, where we have experiences to be with a horse and journey into connection and wisdom that the horse can bring. The horses are extremely intuitive and can sense what you're feeling and what you're not feeling and mirror that to you as a way to bring you more information on the next path of your life. I love doing this work with people because it gives me the chance to hold that space in a longer period of time that we can really go deep and get to the root of things as well as support you in feeling the peace and pleasure that you want to feel. You can find more about that at CandiceWu.com and also by reaching out to me via email or through the website at embody at CandiceWu.com. This offering as well as other offerings that I have are all in support of the podcast. Some of the proceeds go towards producing this podcast and bringing new guests on. And I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, but there is a database of all healing experientials and meditations that are on the podcast by me as well as guests. And you can search on that for things that you're looking for. The page is at candicewu.com slash meditations. The podcast also has its own search at candicewu.com slash podcast. On top of that, 
each of the podcasts are being transcribed. The experientials and meditations are too. So in case you prefer to digest the material through written word and your visual acuity, then you can go on to each podcast link and right below where it says that you can click to listen, there's a transcription. The experientials and meditations are being completed in backwards order. So starting from the newest and most recent, working its way backwards. And we've got about um, three quarters of them done, which is really exciting. Now let's jump into this episode. Welcome, everyone. It's good to have you back. As we bring this episode forward, I want to highlight how Chanel brought the topic of how powerful an image is. We look at images all the time and they inform what we think, what we think we know, what we know, and how it is that we approach the world. And I was just thinking about being with horses and all of the the pictures that I've been posting on Instagram lately of just being around them and with them, meditating with them. And there is a part of me that hopes that more people will see that where horses are at liberty and they're not um, forced to do anything, but we respect them and listen to them and are able to take in the wisdom that they're bringing, the gifts that they're bringing without forcing them to do what they don't want to do. Of course, some horses love riding or love to work in a certain way, but some of them are are not and they're hurt or taken from their homes or forced to do things when they're showing us with their cues and their emotions that they don't like it. So uh, that was just something I've been thinking about as I had completed this interview with Chanel. And I wonder in what way you might find inspiration with that in the images that you're sharing. What is it that you share if you post on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, or any sort of social media? What is it that you see? And what is that doing for what is the status quo or the change that is emerging in the world? So just some food for thought as we jump into this episode with Chanel Rojas, who is the Tampa birth photographer. Chanel's eye for honesty in her photographs and life is really beautiful and inspiring to me, and it unearths silenced and quieted areas of our humanity into conversation through her imagery. She shares that she started her photography journey late in 2010 and shot her first birth in the spring of 2011, and she's an advocate in the birth community and the founder of The Melanated Birth, which is a community dedicated to the representation of families of color in birth, and whose mission is to bring awareness to women of color of all the options available to them through uh, their birthing process, through imagery of birth. So from her, you'll learn why diversity in the birth world is greatly needed, and how it can truly save lives, and how if you're a photographer, you can work towards building a diverse portfolio, or if you are interested in having someone capture the moments of your birth, or in bringing your birth images to the world, you can touch in with Chanel. I also really enjoyed the part of the conversation where we talked about 
slaves birthing and what she did when she Googled it and found only like one image, the creative solution she found to bring some exposure to that world. So without further ado, here is Chanel Rojas. All right, Chanel, I'm so excited to have you here today on the podcast. Your work has really inspired me and I just, I love scrolling through your Instagram. You're a birth photographer, wife, mom, an advocate, logo designer, videographer, and photographer. It's a lot of things. So I'd like <laughs> to welcome you to, sh- to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about your work and what draws you into what you do. Uh, so obviously that depends on what work you're referring to exactly. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I do do a lot of things, right. but with the birth, like the whole birth photography thing, um, backstory, as a kid growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor. And then I got to the end of high school and realized in order to be a doctor, I had to do a lot more school and uh-huh. decided maybe not. I don't want to be a doctor anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the practical side comes through. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you know, no, I don't think so. Yeah, not so um, much. So I hung that up. Um, mm-hmm. The whole idea of being a doctor. I did attempt to go to college like four times and dropped out four times. Um wasted money and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, I kind of found my way into the birth photography realm and realized this is a way to be a part of the medical community. Um, Things that interest me don't gross me out without actually having to have a degree and go to school for a bajillion more years. Mm. And I, I just like the storytelling aspect of it. Um, and it's so empowering just to be like a witness to like life coming into the world. Uh, there's nothing like it. And I just kind of enjoy doing it. I'm so glad that I like took that step and tried it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, maybe it's really fitting we can hear your kids in the background. <laughs> Mom, so we're talking about life into the world, <laughs> entering the world. Yes. Yeah, you know, that was really that's really one of the things that draws me to your your photography with birth photography is that it just it feels like you are capturing and you're witnessing and being with this um, just magical experience that probably has no words to describe. But if you could try, <laughs> what what is it like for you to be to be in the room with a woman or a couple, whoever is birthing, and to to document it and capture these moments? It's transcendent. I like that word. It's a good word. Mm, yeah. um, <laughs> But it's it's a really amazing experience that you don't really get tired of. Um, you get this thing, you go into a birth, like as soon as I get a call from a client, I immediately, like I could be half asleep and I get a call and I'm like immediately awake, full of adrenaline, ready to get going. Mm. Um, 
when I get to a birth, I'm there with the family, like, you know, just being a part of that piece of their story. So like, they're going to remember that I was there, you know, their baby might might not, but like, Mm -hmm. they'll remember that I was there and I was able to document that for them. So that's like really awesome. Um, It also appeals to my, like, my interest in the birth, like, well, the medical field in general. Um, I always learn something new at every birth, like something that I didn't know Mm -hmm. before or, you know, wasn't fully aware of. So like, I just add a little bit more, a little bit more to my toolbox of random knowledge that maybe would help another birthing family at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some of those things? This is something that I learned not at a birth, but in like one of my mom groups, like pregnancy groups. Um, Mm -hmm. when my daughter was born, it had another mom in the mom group who, when she had her son, um, he got stuck in the birth canal. So he had shoulder dystocia. And because of that, he ended up having, what is it? Bell's palsy, Mm -hmm. um, which I found very interesting. So... Fast forward less than a year later, um, I was at a birth and this family baby got stuck on the way out. It was a very awesome birth. And then things got really crazy really quickly. They Things were happening so fast that they had no idea what was going on. They just know that all of a sudden the doctors are pushing on her belly and trying to get the baby out as quick as possible. Dad did not get to cut the cord. And as, as soon as they took the baby out, um, he went straight to the warmer and mm. they were just confused. Like they didn't know what was happening, stuff like that. And being that I kind of paid attention to that other mom's experience, I was able to kind of reassure them because mm. I went yeah. over and I was taking pictures of the baby. They were making sure he was okay and everything was moving good. So in doing that, I walked back over to the family and I let them know, like, hey, this is kind of what's happening. You know, as everybody's attention is on the baby and her OB's attention is on making sure that she's like, okay, after pushing the baby out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, getting the placenta out and all that kind of stuff. So I was just like, you know, I went up to them and I was just kind of kind of explaining to them what was happening because nobody at that point particular moment was telling them anything <laughs> so wow, which is um, very scary you know when you don't yeah have so they were just over there they didn't know what to do um or what was yeah. happening and I just kind of told them I was like yeah he kind of got stuck um right now they're kind of just making sure that he can move his arm and it looks like everything's going to be fine because he was you know raising it just fine and all that kind of stuff so I'm like I don't think there's going to mm. be any lasting effects um, after a few minutes and they confirmed what I had told them already, <laughs> um, baby got handed to mom yeah. and everything was fine. Um, oh, that birth so was, nice. it was really special to me just because that was the first time ever that an OB walked up to me after everything was all said and done. And she was like, this family is very lucky to have had you as part of their team oh. so thank you and I was like oh my god oh my gosh I, I want to cry <laughs> just hearing this 
Like, that was like the first time I'd ever heard that, especially from an OB, because you have like typically you don't expect them to be that welcoming, <laughs> especially in the case mm, yeah. of an emergency situation and stuff like that. So right. um, that was really, really reassuring to hear. And what an essential part of everything you were, not just in documenting, but in seeing and knowing what was going on and to be that grounding presence that supports them. That's amazing. It's really nice. And things like similar things have happened at different births or whatever, where like something might be happening and the family could be a first time parent, could be a young parent, young first time parent, all of the above, um, who's just like unsure of what to do or what is happening and just need somebody to like, explain to them on a like basic level as to what's going on what their options are and stuff like that that's not my job my job is just to take pictures um Mm -hmm. but um Mm -hmm. if they're looking to me for questions for answers to questions that they might have like you know when the doctor step out of the room and stuff like that then i will happily answer you know Mm. Um, yeah at the end of the day, my job is to support them in whatever decision that they make. And I feel like you can only make a really good decision if you know the options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. And I, I don't know if you know this about me, Chanel, but I work with a lot of trauma and sometimes that's uh, emotional or relational. Sometimes that's getting in a car accident and where someone's nervous system is shaken up Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's with birth experiences or whether they're the baby or the mother or the father or the partner or whoever and so when I say it's trauma just an experience that's overwhelming to the nervous system right or scary in some way and when life is coming through there can be moments of fear of death or what will happen and I can just imagine that you being in the room too with your presence and documenting and capturing the experience that sometimes when you experience overwhelm you don't see everything or recall it oh for sure and here you are yeah you have this extra lens not just your eyes but the camera lens and that just seems like it can complete help complete something for the family if it if they need it that for that tool as well you know like wow i didn't know that happened do you experience anything related to what i'm saying oh my gosh like in my own personal experience like as a birthing person um Mm -hmm. there are things that you do not remember while having your baby like you Mm -hmm. could try all your might you will not remember it um So I feel like it's so important to have that somebody there, even if it's not a professional, although a professional would be ideal, um, have somebody there to document that whole experience Um, because you Mm -hmm. would be amazed at the things you missed. Um, For instance, on my third child, uh, my daughter, it's my last baby, so... I had Mm -hmm. both my mom and my dad, as well as my husband, at the birth of my daughter. Um, It was very interesting considering my parents are divorced. So it was like, 
<laughs> they were like brother. It was actually a really good experience because they were like acting as if they were almost like brother and sister and the oh. dynamics of speaking. And um, yeah, my sister was sick at the time, so I didn't have her to document that birth. But I did give my dad the camera. Granted, like seventy five percent of the images were like blown out or just <laughs> blurry. Um, uh-huh. But some of the stuff he did capture, I was like. I do not remember that at all. And mm-hmm. one of the images that stood out to me the most was a picture of my mom. On She's on the opposite side of the bed as my dad was standing and my husband. And as soon as my daughter came out, the look on her face was very like she was in awe. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. She's going to come like during a time when I wasn't in the middle of a story. <laughs> <laughs> was she the one? She's You're talking the about? one. She is that, the maybe one. Maybe that's why she came. She is the one. She's maybe she felt you. She felt me talking about her. <laughs> I believe that. I mean, <laughs> I have <laughs> working with horses has really shown me that too. Because I uh, all I need to do is think something mm-hmm. if I'm connected with the horses, and either they'll they'll respond to it. That's awesome. Or I can be totally ungrounded and they're like not paying attention to me. And that's exactly reflecting what's going on in me. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt Maybe that. Maybe I should channel that for my parenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they can sense your fear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> well, and if they they're, don't know it, their nervous systems do. Right. Yeah. They know when you don't know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> but yeah yeah, so you were you were in the middle of saying when she came out your mom's face yeah when my daughter came out the look on my mom's face was just i don't know it was indescribable like she had a big old smile on her face tears in her eyes and she was just like in awe you know and Mm. I don't know. That picture is very special to me because here I am pushing my daughter out. My daughter is emerging and my mom is there in the frame witnessing it all. And Mm. that's a moment I didn't know was happening. You know, Um, had it not been for that picture, I would have never known that that was what was going on with my mother. So like, that's just one instance i get all the time from you know birthing families like i didn't even realize that that was a thing or that i was Mm -hmm. doing that or that Mm -hmm. um my partner was doing that i don't know it's just it's amazing to be able to like fill in those gaps yeah that sounds incredible and it's it's such an experience that you'd want to not in every case of course but if it were me Mm -hmm. i'd want to see every single bit of the experience you know of everyone in the room maybe there are things I wouldn't want to see of myself (laughs) but (laughs) but, uh, those precious precious moments like your mom in awe exactly I I only like my only regret with all three of my kids was that I didn't hire an actual professional Mm -hmm. Um, with my my first son I didn't even know birth photography was a thing so I have mm. like zero pictures to remember that mm-hmm. experience with him. Um, 
with my second, I had my sister and I was still like very young in the birth photography uh, world, I guess. Um, so I told my sister, I was like, I do not want any crotch shots. And what do I look at or what do I see when I'm scrolling through the pictures that she took? But crotch shots. Oh, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and it wasn't even like <sighs> it wasn't even crowning. Like that's what was oh like the gosh. most annoying part is like it's, it's just literally just my vagina all out in the open and swollen because the baby's coming down, but he's not crowning, so it's not yeah. really it's not the moment. Cool. Mm. Like, <laughs> why are these here? Mm. Um, you know. And then right. when I had my dad, and most of the pictures did not come out good, you know. And I would have loved to have also seen what my husband's face looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Because I have no idea. Um, I would have loved to be able to see my dad in the pictures because I know he was there, you know, but I don't know. And this is really, you know, I feel sad that you don't have those experiences for you. And at the same time, Mm -hmm. it also sounds like that informs how you're able to capture for the families the story of what's going on. You're paying attention to each person in the room. Yes. Yes. Um, which can be really hard, especially if there's more people. Um, mm-hmm. It can be really hard to, you know, focus on everyone. Um, so I always ask my clients, like, they get a questionnaire, um, a little intake questionnaire. It's like, what moments are most important to you? Most mm-hmm. people say, I want a good mix of everything. But I'm like, you know, at the same time, are you more interested in seeing the emotions of people's faces? Do you want the moment of birth or would you prefer you know just the feel of the room Mm -hmm. so um that helps to dictate what i capture as well Mm. but overall i think i'm getting like it's still um a little bit of a learning curve to try to be able to get everybody um yeah so can imagine that would be hard yeah but i do my best and at Worse, I get the immediate feelings of like, like right after birth. So, and all the moments leading up to it. Wow. And so I want to shift gears a little bit. I'm really interested in your activism work with this. Something that I saw on your website is that you're dedicated to the representation of families of color in birth and spreading mm-hmm. awareness of birth options to women of color. And what you said was a world where our little pebble of documenting births can make waves on the mortality rate of mothers across the country or the world. How amazing would that be? <laughs> yes. Yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> so can you talk about how you see this and what it is that you see as part of what you're doing here or as an outcome of what you're doing? I feel like being as being a birth photographer, we have a very unique role in the birth space and that's as a documenter. I feel like, I don't know, especially in the age of like social media and stuff like that, people are influenced by what they see. Their choices are skewed by what they're seeing other people doing. So. My thought process 
is that if we as people of color are able to see more people birthing in you know quote-unquote non-traditional ways which like in reality they are actually the most traditional ways yeah like (laughs) probably their most indigenous ways (laughs) exactly um outside of a hospital not using epidurals not like you know choosing to have a c-section then maybe those images that we see will encourage us to at least look into other options Mm -hmm. besides what we consider the norm which would be in a hospital with all the drugs you know Mm -hmm. um which i think in seeing those images then we have a, a chance to curb the mortality rate so it is almost common knowledge now <laughs> um at least in the birth world i feel mm-hmm. that black americans i don't like to say african americans because not all black americans are african americans mm-hmm. um, So black Americans are dying at three to four times the rate of every other um, racial demographic in the United States during pregnancy, postpartum and birth, which is outrageous. Outrageous. And most of these, yes, most of these deaths are happening in the hospital setting where you think you'd be the most safest. So that's why I feel like when we see pictures of, women who look like us birthing in places outside of a hospital, mm-hmm. maybe seeing that triggering the the thought that, Hey, maybe I can do that too. Mm-hmm. Then you'd be more likely to look into the other options that are available to you, possibly pursue those options. And ultimately you could be saving your own life. It's huge. By choosing to go a different route. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by like the little pebble, just an image. And of course, it takes those of us taking the images and those of us in the images to be willing to share those images. Yeah. You know, not everybody's comfortable with sharing. That's totally okay. Um, it shouldn't be any one person's job to spread awareness to the world. But in sharing, like, or being willing to share, it could literally save someone's life. So mm. that's it's really the ultimate. Yeah goal yeah it's a really beautiful reminder overall of the power of sharing and one image one pebble but specifically for saving saving lives and black lives especially given the Mm -hmm. the statistics that you shared and i was just curious if you had a sense of why that is that black americans are dying at a rate of three to five Three to four times more. Yes. Um, it is <laughs> multifaceted. It is the healthcare system. There's a lot of unspoken racial bias when it comes to the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Like maybe in terms of like pain management and stuff like that. Uh, it's often noted that black Americans have like a higher pain tolerance. So Maybe when they complain of pain, it's brushed off, you know, as, oh, it's just, 
you know, it's probably nothing or whatever, or they can mm-hmm. handle it. And in turn, that leads to, it's like, we're not being listened to. Mm-hmm. So we're not getting the care that we need. So it just trickles down. And in some cases, it causes death. Oof. That's one. Yeah. <laughs> one and- of the biggest things like the whole systemic racism yeah that is happening right um but also i cannot in good conscience put it all on the medical field um i have gotten backlash for saying this before too but i believe that we have a role to play in the crisis as well i mean i feel like we need to be interested in stepping outside of our comfort zone you know and taking the necessary steps to take control of our health and not rely solely on what a doctor says Mm. just because they're a doctor you know what I mean absolutely um so yeah we have the power to save our own lives but we get complacent as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm mm-hmm and you have this uh, provocative and stimulating series, Unto Us a Slave is Born. It's one of the titles, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just added a third. I saw. My third part to that. I saw that just before <laughs> the interview today. So yes, can you speak to this series? for those who haven't seen it and, and for those who have. Okay. So the series stemmed from me. Well, last year I started a, I started a shift in my business. I decided to stop being so quiet about the things that bother me, the things that I see and just be more vocal about my feelings Mm -hmm. um, and actually allow it to trickle into my business Doing so, change my logo, all that kind of stuff to be more representative of who I am as a person. And while I was doing all that, I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder what kind of images that I could find on Google about like, I want to see what it looked like for like our ancestors, slaves in America to give birth. Like I wondered really deeply what that might have looked like. I found minor articles, but like the only real image that kept popping up on Google images was that image of, oh my gosh, what's his name? James Marion Sims and the slave woman he was experimenting on, on a table. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only image that I could really find just readily accessible on Google, you know. Hmm. Wow. I was like, this is crap. What is it? <laughs> like, so there's no documentation, <laughs> practically. Like, we're, like, nothing that you could find easily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've right. heard people say that they, like, in college, they were showed the images, like, X, Y, and Z that depicted mm. similar things. But it's like, where are these images for the rest of us to see? Because mm-hmm. it really wasn't easy for, t- for me to find on the internet. Um, Google failed me. So I decided to create what I imagined it would look like um, based off the little bit of reading material I was able to find. Um, so the first 
the first image set um, in the Unto Us a Slave is Born series um, just depicted a woman in a super dingy place, like not very clean, um, sterile type environment Mm -hmm. to have a baby with a midwife and having a baby outside. So that was the first one. The second one, it was, um, it was called the sins of their fathers. So it depicted a woman breastfeeding a mixed baby. Baby was hers, but also her slave masters while also tending to a fellow slave who was laboring. And then my latest set um, is called Labor and Labor. So it's actually like a trigger, (laughs) a little bit more of a trigger for people probably because it depicts a slave working the fields, um, going into labor and realizing that she is miscarrying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, each each set has like a little write up on it and all that kind of stuff, and just kind of lets people know where my head was at while shooting those images. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's so powerful in the way of you going right into what you what you could dream up. That's not the right word because this is definitely not dreamy, but um, what you could imagine as a possible reality, what Black people faced in in the birthing mm-hmm. process and not being afraid of what that could look like. Exactly. And what was crazy is this last set, <laughs> I had been, it had been in my mind since I shot the part two (laughs) yeah so for the last nine months this last image set had been in my mind and I was so glad to finally like get it out of my head and like intangible form (laughs) for everybody else to see what was in my mind and what I was thinking about yeah wow and I I don't know if this has anything to do with your process at all but what happened to me in me as you were just saying that was a feeling of the ancestors and this mm-hmm. the sense that when there's been such devastation or pain or even wonderment any profound experience like we want it to be seen and acknowledged and i just mm-hmm. had this feeling sense of the idea that maybe ancestors are asking for this to be seen. I feel like it too. I feel like their stories deserve to be told, you know, and it's something that is not seen or talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, in recent times it has been talked about a lot. However, like we have nothing to, (laughs) to like put, pictures to words you know to Mm -hmm. describe what we're thinking what we're feeling what our ancestors have had to experience I feel like that's super important to to kind of put a face to the stories Mm -hmm. even if it's not (laughs) 
an actual, you know, slave. It is to pay homage to those who basically had to go through the ultimate trial. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love it's that. Just, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like I like to provoke thought, especially with my projects, when it comes to those, when it comes to my self-portraits, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I like to provoke thought if possible. Um, and I really hope that that series does that. It definitely provoked thought in me. For me, I was just really thinking about, as I said, ancestors and what they want to be seen and to be mm-hmm. honored, but also what birthing means and how much it's been silenced in many mm-hmm. spaces, especially in spaces where people have been oppressed or enslaved and it's it's just this missing piece as you've said in your google search you know maybe there's some stuff out there but it's not on google and that really says something and then it it asked of me to to feel into what what about my ancestry what about my experiences with that and we'll just open the door i didn't really it didn't open up new things at the moment but just wondering where have them there been times where women have experienced really hard experience around their birth birthing or maybe they had to do it in secret but yeah i'm curious what other people are thinking that's very interesting (laughs) (laughs) do you want to talk about your ancestry i (laughs) What is funny is that I am not American, which is probably why I also take offense to when people say African-American, like they assume that every black person in America is just African-American. Yes. And, you know, I think I have done that. (laughs) But, yeah, I appreciate you talking about it, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're not. We are all over you know, um, we're from all over. Mm-hmm. I am originally from Trinidad. I grew up here in the States, um, in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> Thanks to my, ja- my dad, he joined the army here in the United States. So I had the privilege, quote unquote, <laughs> mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. growing up here. That's not to say that my ancestors were not slaves. Because all across the Caribbean, that's where a lot of the slaves were being dropped off. So I Mm -hmm. actually have African ancestry as well as um, Indian ancestry. Um, Indians were brought to my country, Trinidad, um, as indentured servants. And Africans were brought (laughs) as slaves. So I Mm. actually am mixed (laughs) but I'm a proud Trinidadian who feels like I can be a voice for those who look like me here in the states thank goodness yeah 
It's like, I don't know if that makes me lose some credibility, but it doesn't matter to me because I feel like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like I've been here, you know, yeah. I like, I didn't just, I didn't just come here. You know what I mean? Like I've been here, I'm almost 30. So I've been here, what, 26 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So like that's a, that's a significant amount of time. I'm practically American. But, you know, even just you saying that, it was like, no, like, hell no. When you said, (laughs) does that make me lose credibility? It's like, you are you. And, Mm -hmm. but I I do understand the reality of how people can perceive that and what that brings. And, right. But, um, I do like to throw it out there sometimes. Like, fun fact, I'm not from here. Yeah. And I am actually glad <laughs> that I'm not from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a like, lot of people might be jealous. <laughs> right? I am not an American. So my kids are, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But that's another reason we are... Um, another fun fact, we are actually moving our family back to Trinidad. Oh my goodness. Um, Wow. Yes. What? At the end of this year. Wow. (laughs) And a lot of that is so that our children who are half Trinidadian, my husband, he's Honduran and black American. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to give our kids and, um, like an experience of living in another country country and another culture that they are actually associated with Mm -hmm. to experience things outside of the U S bubble. We were just there for a month and what was interesting and my kids, they didn't want to come back home. Like they didn't want to come back to the States. Wow. Um, That's a good sign. Interesting for, right. And they are four, seven and nine. And they didn't want to come back. Wow. Um, But something that we noticed down there and it like, I don't know, it solidified me wanting to go down and stay down there um, even more was that while we were visiting, they have a holiday and it's called Emancipation Day. That's something that they don't have here in the States. Emancipation Day is literally a national holiday in Trinidad Mm. where they celebrate freedom of slavery like from slavery i mean um Mm -hmm. so they have all this african like basically a big old african type festival parades in the street um people calling on the ancestors it's just like a beautiful and amazing amazing experience i was so glad that i got to experience it down there and i was like why do we not have this in the states you know And it's also super different to be in a country where when you look around, 98% of the people look like you. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a huge difference. (laughs) Yeah, versus the other way around where that's not how we feel where we are. Mm. So, um, I don't know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I'm so glad that we personally have that chance and that opportunity to be able to you know allow our children to experience that that's amazing i'm so excited for all of you thanks 
But I will be back in the States often. So like... Are you coming back to do birthing sessions? Or do you... I... What's your plan? My plan is, at least for now, to kind of build my business. um, Because I have made a name for myself here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, As a birth photographer, I'm actually building a little bit of a team Mm. who can document the births on my behalf here um, while we are living abroad. Um, I'll still edit and do all that other stuff and still be part of the client experience, um, just minus the shooting. I do plan on coming up here almost yearly, (laughs) at -hmm. least. Um, probably for a couple months and probably while I'm up here, I will take clients and stuff like that too. So wow, it's going to be great. Yeah. That's a really great way to um, expand too. Yes. But in the meantime, I'm actually going to be hosting, uh, retreats for birth photographers as well. And I am bringing people to my home country Ugh. and allowing <laughs> them to experience Trinidad and Tobago and also have a chance to learn from other birth photographers, other birth workers, and just kind of build themselves up, uh, learn about self-care, and, you know, enjoy, like, the Caribbean for a few yes, days. Yes, so, cool. When is that going to be? So my first one is May 2020. I'm already planning for May 2021. Wow. Um, so it's... It's going to be amazing. Sounds like, awesome. Super intimate experience. Lots of fun plan. All inclusive. Like, it's going to be great. So great. <laughs> I, I can't awesome. explain how excited I am. I just want May to be here so oh. we can make this happen. <laughs> if I add on more things to my career list or interests uh, and do birth photography, which is really interesting to me i will come join you for sure so keep an <laughs> eye out it's called it's called birth the beach because i'm quirky and i like names like that so perfect it's the birth the beach retreat so great yeah yes. so you can check it out there if you're listening and also you have the melanatedbirth.com can you tell us about that i do um and i'm actually working on phasing out the actual website just because you know i feel like i could almost be more beneficial to people on social media Mm. um because it's about the photos really oh yeah um but the melanated birth it was um a way for people to be able to find other like birth photographers and stuff like that who could provide the service that they need didn't quite take off the way I would have liked it was kind of like just kind of stagnant for a while so I'm shifting focus shifting gears and kind of maybe focusing more on the social media aspect of it as that's where most of the people find out about the melanated birth Mm -hmm. so and the melanated birth is basically just a place where you can go to you can find it on Instagram and Facebook um, where if you want to see a plethora of images and videos of people of color giving birth, that's where you want to go because that's all we share. Right. <laughs> Just to kind of, you know, piggyback off of what I said earlier, like we are trying to save lives. Yes. Best way to do that is 
through showing that birth in different settings is possible for everyone. That's so great. I'm so glad you exist and are doing this. <laughs> and I thank to you. Thank you. I just want to say that your your photographs just feel so intimate and raw t- and tender and powerful at the same time. And um, you have mentioned capturing images of women and families in color in their goddess and between worlds with their babies. Mm-hmm. I just loved that. And so I wanted to end with that and just hear your thoughts on what it, what it is to be between worlds. Well, <laughs> um, it's, it's a hard one. <laughs> I have to figure out the best way to word that one. Uh-huh. Cause like, how do you even describe that? Exactly. You I don't even I mean? know. <laughs> like it's so hard. Maybe to that's describe. why you take pictures. Like, <laughs> You could just see it, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Because when you think about it, when a child is being born, they're between worlds. But what you don't also think about is while that child is being born, so is the parent. Yeah. You know? Like the parent is being born. parent. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like we forget that notion. Women are pregnant or, you know, people in general, they're pregnant for nine months ish give or take and they're housing this baby they're housing this baby and then they have this baby and then no longer are they the center of attention Mm -hmm. you know like that whole dynamic changes and it takes i don't know like it's (laughs) mind-blowing like yeah Like, how do you really describe, like, being in between, like, I don't, it's hard. It's hard. Because I'm even trying to think back to my own experiences, like, pushing babies out. And that moment, the last few pushes, like, they are a blur. Like, Mm. (laughs) you go from pushing to next, you know, you have this baby in your hand and, like, everything in between, you're like, what happened? My husband, actually, he likes to describe witnessing birth as being an outer body experience (laughs) for him. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, I don't like it. I don't like not feeling in control (laughs) of whatever's going to happen. It's such a vulnerable Um, moment, time period. mm -hmm. It's just many moments of that, sounds like. Exactly. I'm sorry, I couldn't answer that like stronger. I think it's just so hard that one, that question. No, it's perfect because how can you really describe that? Mm-hmm. And as you said, you just have to look at the image and you, you feel it. You <laughs> yeah, know, you look at the picture or you just, you're there. <laughs> you have to have <laughs> the best way for you to understand the feeling is to get a chance to witness it or physically go through it yourself. And even then it's hard to describe. Yeah. Cause there's such a fine line between birth and death. Like it's so crazy. I feel like every time I'm at a birth, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> Someone's coming. 
sometimes just hear somebody stomping around shoes in shoes that don't fit them. <laughs> um, but every time I'm at a birth and a baby comes out, I somehow wonder who in that moment has passed away. Oh, you know, like, yeah. Like at this very same time as this life is coming into the world, somebody is no longer breathing. And then I always think like, well, wonder, like, how does that all work? You know, you get all deep and philosophical and stuff, but you don't really have time because you got a job to do. So it all happens <laughs> in this like flash of a moment. And, and then you're on the next yeah. photograph. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. Wow. Well, I think that that really brings it to the forefront, like the intensity of the feeling of between worlds is the fine line between life and death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you said, thank you so much, Chanel. Is there anything else you want to share today? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, actually, which is amazing. It is um, so many things. I'm doing so many things. There are so many things. Yeah, we didn't even and talk about your video you. work or anything like that. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I do all the you things. You do all the oh things. <laughs> <laughs> what were you about to say before I interrupted yeah, I'm you? I'm just really just, I'm just a go-getter. It's like, like I like to say on my, in my bio, I'm a go-getter. I uh, go get groceries. <laughs> I go get things for my kids. Um, but I also like, you know, I'm a creative at heart. So I'm always like trying to channel that into something. Yeah. So whether that be working on logos for others, documenting births, or, you know, just helping other people with stuff. Just love it. That's awesome. (laughs) So glad to have gotten to talk to you and hear what you're about and stuff like that too. Like that's really awesome. Thank you. I think it's so interesting, the whole dynamic of ancestral trauma. It's like, and you think about that stuff too, and I, I've heard this a few times too, how that explains a lot of why the Black community is perceived the way that they are. Um, mm. And it's, it has a lot to do with the trauma that was inflicted on the community during the slavery era. That's not something that just disappears, you know, right. like that's not just something that you could just forget and move on from when it's kind of ingrained in your DNA. Right. And it's, it's not quite in enough spaces or in the right spaces, maybe gotten it's due acknowledgement, you know, in a personal mm-hmm. way as well as a collective way. And so it just begs to be seen through the next mm-hmm. person and generation through us. Yeah. Exactly. It's our job to give their, their stories voices. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chanel. Um, can you just say for everyone listening where to find you besides the melanated birth on Instagram 
believe you're at Tampa Birth Photographer. Is that right? Uh, I am. I'm at, it's like at Tampa Birth Photographer. Um, that's my photography business. I'm also at Hello Chanel, C-H-I-N-E-L-I-E. Um, that's my personal. You'll see more pictures of me and my kids there. Oh, fun. Occasionally you might see my husband. <laughs> uh, and what else do I have? I have so many things. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wouldn't even list them all because it's ridiculous. Well, we'll put it all on the website like if you want. Social media free. <laughs> you covered a lot of bases, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you want, we'll put them all on the the link. That'll be at com slash Chanel. And uh, that's your name. And so what, if if you're out there and listening, you can just tune into the, jump onto the website and click into all of the spaces you're at. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Same. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much, Chanel. It was lovely to experience you and um, the bit behind the scenes of you talking about what it is that goes into your photography work and how you think about it. It's really inspiring to have people like Chanel who are doing something with what they believe and letting that be congruent in their profession, in their life, in all the ways. It really brings us the question of congruency in our lives. Are the things that we're doing in our profession in our spaces, in who we interact with? Are they congruent with what it is that we believe and what we know is really important in this life? So check out her work at all of the social media links that Chanel has offered. They're all linked in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much, Chanel, for joining us. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to join the Embodied Community through the newsletter that I put out every two to three weeks that offers self-love notes, podcast updates, sometimes some book giveaways of guests of the podcast, as well as workshops, retreats, and immersions, and my travel and inside scoop of my world. You can find that at candacewoo.com slash embody. See you all next time on the Embody Podcast.